Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday, baby big board edition of the show. Glad to be joined by Kyle Krabs. How are you, sir? Did you enjoy your Halloween? Did you successfully lock yourself in the basement? What what happened? Yeah, so far, uh, I've only had one Reese's peanut butter cup as leftover. So I'm marking that as a win. I barricaded myself in the home office. And uh, when I'm not recording podcasts, I have the music cranked as loud as it goes. And that's just going to be my little world. So Every you're not Halloween, a noise, that's what I'm doing. You're, you're, a, you're not, not a headphones guy. You're, you're just oh, like hell a, no. No, okay. I, need, I, need, I need the reverberation in the room, right? Like I got to feel the sound waves to just make sure I'm really engrossed in what I'm doing. Okay. All right, I am. I am too. Um, not, not like that, but I I can do the headphones. I'm I'm interchangeable, you know, like uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, he mostly plays slot corner, but sometimes he plays free safety. So why don't why don't you give some people this the context here? Since no. you just pissed me off within the first minute of the show. Are you really mad? You're tri- we, Kyle and I probably just had a twenty is- minute conversation about why Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick is a slot corner. And not a free say or deep say. But safety. he's not a slot corner. But he that's why you're pissing he me off. Up that slot corner. I didn't mean for it to happen. It just naturally came in. So your argument was if Miles Garrett plays at three technique, that makes him a defensive tackle. On that, in play. which I in which I say no, it makes him a defensive end who is aligned at three technique, just like so Minka if- Fitzpatrick is a safety. Because when there was an injury on the field, the Dolphins put Minka back at his natural position at safety. But to get him on the field, because they're very bad at personnel, they play him as the third safety that comes in on nickel packages, and he plays a lot of man-to-man coverage in the nickel. But that does not make him a nickel corner. It means he's a safety who is playing in the nickel position. So if Miles Garrett played 400 snaps and... 300 of those were aligned as a three technique, but 100 of them were as uh, a five tech or a seven or nine. He's not a defensive tackle. Listen, primarily. All, all your argument right now is doing is reaffirming how dumb the dolphins are with personnel. 
because they signed Bobby McCain to like a $30 million contract to play yes. the nickel corner position. But then they didn't have anybody who stepped up to play the other outside. So they took their nickel corner and moved him to outside, making both of those positions worse. And now they're taking their first round pick and only playing him predominantly in nickel situations because for some reason they want to have TJ McDonald playing as a starting safety. So does that mean Adam Gase is on the hot seat, Kyle? Is well, I'm glad you brought that segue? up, Joe. Okay. Glad, this, this, let's get away from this conversation before it yeah. gets any more intense. What we're doing today on the show, Baby Big Boards, this concept, Joe and I come up with a topic, and then we each come up with our own individual list to rank subjects within that topic. Today, we are looking at the most attractive, the four most attractive potential NFL job openings for head coaches in 2019. We're not getting into who is taking those jobs. All we are doing is we're looking at your team. We're looking at your organization, your front office, your ownership, the players that are currently on the roster. We're taking these things into account, and we are ranking from least attractive to most attractive. We save the best ones for last. Who has the best potential NFL job opening in 2019, Joe? Yeah, so we will start our way from four, three, two, one, and I will lead off here with number four, so, Kyle. So, how many job openings did you ascertain there could be in general? Yeah, that was the hard part, and I know that like every year there's like six, seven, eight of them. Um, but I had a hard time like feeling super comfortable with more than four. So these are these are the four that I feel are most likely to be open, and and I didn't have a whole lot of belief that there was more but there probably will be so you're telling me this is the worst job opening in 2019 the the team you're about to present is the worst potential job opening if if these are the only four this is the worst one so okay shall we all right ready i I like putting that negative connotation on it before you introduce the, the fan base since you're reading first and i get to set that negative tone all right. Well, Dirk Cutter got to go. <laughs> so Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number four on my list. Um, well, I mean, I think the the obvious thing that makes this the least attractive potential opening in football is just the uncertainty with the quarterback position. And, you know, Trevor Sycamore, colleague at TDN, who also covers the Buccaneers Reputer Report, did a great job in his Cover 3 article this week talking about how this isn't Jameis Winston's football team. And he is who he is, and he's a turnover machine, and the the red flags just never go away with him. And, you know, you have this decision on what to do with him. Well, the problem is we we know who he is, right? And so, like, continuing to go down this path is what we see so many teams make mistakes and do and stay, stay hitched to quarterbacks that aren't going to lead him anywhere. And that's what's going to happen here with Winston. Other than that, you have Fitz, who's actually a free agent. He might be sought after as a, as a pretty uh, – Pretty exciting type bridge quarterback next year. That guy's made a lot of money playing quarterback. In the Come NFL. to Miami. There you go. But I mean, otherwise, I like a lot about this roster, Kyle. I think there's some young pieces on the offensive line. Their weapons are pretty stacked. I mean, you've got this, uh, you know, Mike Evans, OJ Howard, Cameron Brait type thing that's going on. Chris Godwin's an, is a good up and coming player. There's some pieces on defense. They need a lot of help there still. But uh, that, that that makes it attractive. But the uncertainty with quarterback is going to make this a, a challenging job. But at least you get to live in Tampa, I guess. I mean, that's a decent place to live, right? So there it is, number four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, so I've had a little 
aha moment here as you're reading yep. this. Uh, if we don't go in the same order, for example, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are also on my list, but they are not my number four ranked team. I'm going to yep. save my rebuttals for why I didn't think that team was in the position that you had them until I get to their spot. Okay, so okay. all I'm going to do is introduce my fourth rated team, which is the Arizona Cardinals. Ooh, the Arizona one Cardinals, one and done. Steve Wilkes, uh, this team has looked bad. And the reason why I have this team as the worst is because think about a lot of things going on around the Cardinals. Specifically, you have to play in the NFC West. The Rams aren't going anywhere. Sean McVay isn't going anywhere. <laughs> so you've got a really steep hill within your own division that you have to climb. They do have Josh Rosen, and this was really hard to place him in the fourth spot because having a franchise quarterback is huge. But what else does this roster have? This team has very poor offensive line. Larry Fitzgerald was drafted in 2004. They do have a second-round pick in Christian Kirk. They have Ricky Seals-Jones playing tight end. Derek or David Johnson, they've completely forgotten how to use. Defensively, they have two pieces that I like. One of those players, Patrick Peterson, just requested for a trade. And Joe, for those reasons, that's why the Arizona Cardinals are my least attractive potential job opening for the 2019 NFL season. But before we go any further, I want to talk to everybody about one of our sponsors on today's show, Swap.com. Have you ever stopped and thought about how much money you spend on brand new brand name clothing? You know, if you have kids at home, a lot of times these guys are wearing clothes for three to four months and they're shooting up like weeds and they've outgrown all of that clothing. Wouldn't it be great if there's a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothing? There is. Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Swap.com you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J.Crew, Gap, and many more. There are quality hand-inspected items added on a daily basis, and if something doesn't fit, you can enjoy 30 days of hassle-free returns. We have a special offer for all of our listeners here on The Draft Dudes. You can get 35% off select items on your first order with the promo code Locked On. plus you can find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. So that is Swap. Dot com. Use our promo code locked on and get up to 35% off. We will be right back after this brief message from some more of our sponsors to introduce our third best available potential job openings for the 2019 NFL season. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. 
No one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new new. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day spicy. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off and free shipping. Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man and men. Your partner will thank you. Trust me, he will thank you. And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. All right, Kyle, a little bit of a spoiler alert. I don't think that Steve Wilkes is going to be one and done in Arizona. How dare you, sir? Yeah, so it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm guessing that they may need to clean house with all that stuff going on with Steve Keim. And, uh, it's I can messy. See, yeah, it is. It is. We, we can see that happen. But, uh, man, I, I like Steve Wilkes. I like him as a person. Uh, okay, so number three on my list, the Denver Broncos. Oh. Uh, Vance Joseph no longer having the time of his life. That's a shame. It is because the defense is good, right? I think there's some good pieces on this defense and, and the exciting combination of Chubb and Miller for, you know, the foreseeable futures is really, really enticing and some other pieces as well. Um, I like some of their offensive guys. You know, they've got this running back thing going with Freeman and Lindsey. That looks pretty good. Sutton's playing well. The, the rookie receiver from SMU. We're going to see Deshaun Hamilton get some more opportunities now that they've moved on from uh, Demarius Thomas, a couple pieces on the offensive line. But guess what? We've got Case Keenum as the starting quarterback and he's just that bad. Well, the thing is he's a great backup quarterback, but he's just not going to be the guy that's going to lead your franchise, uh, uh, you know, long-term. And so there's uncertainty there. And so kind of like what I was talking about with uh, the Buccaneers is there's uncertainty and uh, I don't really know what the direction is going to be. And when we've talked about it at length, I don't think that this is going to be the year to fix that in the NFL draft. Now we've got some dudes coming out. We've got Tua, we've got Trevor Lawrence, we've got, uh, Dwayne Haskins, uh, I think he's going to be a first-round caliber prospect when he's ready to go. Um, but right now, that's not going to be a quick turnaround. But um, maybe that's an opportunity to get the infrastructure right. You know, we've seen we've seen some teams now lately with Arizona and Buffalo and in Chicago, uh, even Philadelphia and the Rams that brought in rookie quarterbacks and didn't have anything around them. So maybe that'll give them them a leg up if we're going to kind of spin this to find some silver lining. But uh, the fact that there is no identified course at quarterback long term. Uh, that leaves the Denver job as uh, as the realistic opening that I find to be third on my list. You know what else is unattractive about the Denver job? Mm, what's that? John Elway is going to be picking another quarterback. They can't fire. Yeah, what do you do, right? Can they fire John Elway? They should, but could they? Mm. That's where it gets know, weird. When, when did Elway – I'm going to have my producer pull this up. When did Elway start with the Broncos? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but I will, uh, I will talk here for a second while Mr. Producer. Please do. Yeah, go uh, ahead. My producer's working on it. Gets that taken care of. And that's what's, that's, what's funny about bringing in a legend to lead your organization is like, can you fire John? Like, could you fire Dan Marino? If you were the dolphins, you hired him him to be the GM. And maybe that's why they put him in that consulting role because you don't want to put yourself in that spot, but it does make things a little messy when you've got a legend uh, calling the shots for personnel. Okay. So John took over. In 2011. Wow. And 2012, John brought Peyton Manning over. Mm. And Peyton Manning played four years in Denver. 
and the Broncos went 13 and 3, 13 and 3, 12 and 4 and 12 and 4. But then, but then <laughs> Peyton leaves. Yeah. The Broncos go 9 and 7, 5 and 11 and now 3 and 5. So dare I say, this might be blasphemous, but I'm going to say it. John Elway is a bad GM whose only accomplishment was bringing Peyton Manning to play in Denver. I said it. There. <laughs> well, it worked. I mean, it worked, right? So that was the Super Bowl. It so. did. It did. And now where are you at? Well, that's the thing, right? Is can this guy construct a roster to to be, be you know, to build a sustainable winner? I, I don't I'm not optimistic on that, Kyle, but I don't know how to, I don't know how you <laughs> I don't know how you move on. I don't, it's a, it's messy. That's going to be a tricky situation. Now, my number three team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which you had introduced as your worst job opening for 2019 of teams we're anticipating or or suspecting may have a change in in head coaching. And the reason why I didn't have them last versus Arizona is I think this team just has more talent than the Arizona Cardinals do, more young talent. Mike Evans is still here. Ali Marpitz, they prevented him from hitting – the open market and they brought Ryan Jensen in on the offensive line as well in free agency and Cameron Brate and OJ Howard are here on this roster and they spent a lot of money on bringing in stout defensive linemen. They still don't have pass rushers and that's a glaring hole, but at the same time, at least you have some established players, you know, they get a, a nose tackle here in Vita Vea and they may have overspent to get him, but that's okay. You have a seasoned veteran, Jerry McCoy, who knows how long he's going to be there. But they've got physical guys up front. They've got good linebackers. They've got Levante David. They have, uh, I think, Kendall Beckwith getting ready to come back from injury. They lost Quan Alexander for the rest of the year to injury. But those are good linebackers. It's a good linebacker group. I think I just think this team has more young talent to work with than a team like the Cardinals, who I had had rated lower than them. And that, Joe, for that reason, that's why the Buccaneers were my third best team even though they don't have a long-term solution at quarterback right now. And I think it's very apparent. And um, it's crazy. I remember some of our colleagues, remember like Scott Bischoff was like super low on Jameis Winston coming out. And yeah, it took a yeah. couple years. Yeah. But here we are. And like some of the concerns that were there with Jameis Winston, like, holy cow, here we are. He, he wasn't necessarily wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We'll all, we'll all learn something. We always do, right? Um, we try to. <laughs> we try to. We try I, to. I remember mine and yours uh, first conversation about Jameis, and you were really sold on his ability to win from the ground up. And I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth or, or take take anything out of context, but I. And then I watch, and I was like, I agree with you, you know, and just didn't take into account some other factors, but. Well, it's uh, it's the laziness piece of Jameis is what it is. You know, it's funny how often no, that, that comes. We we don't know that. You know, that's what's hard. You know, we not, meet not some the players. laziness yeah, not the laziness of his work ethic, the laziness right. in his play. It, like the routine plays he's lazy with. Yeah, and, and you watch a guy like Breeze or Manning or Brady and they Yeah, everything's yeah. done with deliberate intent. Deliberate. Yes, yes. Very good point. Very good point. That's gonna matter in my evaluations. That's a good point. I learned something here. That's good. Do we right. learn something on the dudes? Yes. Let's go. Yes. Uh, ready for the top two? Right. We, do you yeah, think we're going to have the same two teams? Two. Prediction. I do. do. I do. You do. I okay. Do. Well, we're yeah. going to find out. I think I we're going to have the same. We're going to have them one. in the same order, too. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to find out right now. And number two, the New York Jets. We have the same? 
continue talking. Okay, that means no. All right, so the New York Jets, number two most attractive potential vacancy uh, in the in the coming off season here. I don't like this roster, Kyle. I really don't. Um, but they do have a couple of pieces that I can get behind. Number one, Jamal Adams at safety. I think he's one of those pillar foundational pieces of a roster. And Leonard Williams right there at the, on the defensive line, who I think is a total stud. And then you got Sam Darnold, right? You have a guy that has has shown you at times this year that he can be the reason why the New York Jets win football games. And so I think he's got the right makeup. And uh, I think he can he can be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. And so having that in place and being able to build the roster around some of those pillars that I just mentioned. Now, we got a lot of work to do on this offensive line, skill players, you know, got to get some pass rushers, my goodness, but the secondary looks pretty good. So there's a lot of work to do, but because I have those those foundational pieces that I think we can, we can start constructing this thing from, uh, I can get behind it here. So um, New York Jets, second most attractive vacancy that I believe will be in the coming offseason. All right, Joe, let me set you straight here. All right. I also have the Jets as the second best <laughs> job vacancy in 2019. All right. I like I like this defensive roster. I like a lot about this defensive roster. I like Perry Nickerson coming out this past year. He was a, a day three pick. Tremaine Johnson, Mo Claiborne, um, Marcus May, Jamal Adams. It's a good secondary, as you yes. said. A really yeah. solid secondary. I like their off-ball linebackers, Darren Lee and Avery Williamson. They're both fast. Darren Lee's had a very good year this year relative to his first couple seasons in the NFL. Uh, the pass rushers are horrendous, <laughs> which was is there is there a more fitting one sentence summarization of the New York Jets this decade other than the pass rushers are horrendous? Yeah, can't get it right. And the, Calvin Pace is their last like reasonable pass rusher. Yeah. Yep. You also said this offensive line has a lot of work ahead of it. I don't think I'm probably not bringing back four of the five starters along the offensive line if I'm taking that job as a general manager. Right. <laughs> Spencer Long is the only guy I'm bringing back. Okay. I don't want Brandon Shell. I don't want Kelvin Beecham. I don't want James Carpenter. I don't want Brian Winters. They don't even have any young guys that you're like, oh, well, they got that. No, <laughs> no, their their best young guys, Dakota Dozier, was a fourth yeah. round pick in twenty. And if he was going to materialize in anything, it would have happened by now, right? So, oh, right, right. I mean, Quincy Anua is a physical freak. Free I think you can work with him as a starting player if you retain him in free agency. Yeah, Robbie yeah. Anderson's got to stay in trouble off the field, but he's shown some really nice flashes. Uh, and they have a, a young quarterback in Sam Darnold, so I think they have. Some moderate pieces offensively. I really like their defensive depth chart with the exception of pass rushers and some youth at corner. So I, I agree with you. This is the second best job opening, which means number one, Joe, is the Browns. The Browns. I want which the job. Which is crazy. Yeah. You want the job. Give me the job, Kyle. Give me the job. This is my boss, you know, and. <laughs> oh geez no no bus is being driven here i mean i think this is really obvious right i mean th- this is a team with loaded with young stars in my opinion right and baker mayfield and miles garrett and denzel ward and uh nick chubb and you know so much so larry Ogg and joby's really fun player christian kirksey's a stud uh Jannard avery looks like he's going to be something i mean there's not you don't look at this roster and like say hey we got a lot of work to do like do you don't you can get some maybe a piece or two on the offensive line some help at wide receiver maybe another corner 
and let's go. Like we're ready to compete in the NFC North. We just need a coach. And, and so, um, you know, I, people want to bring in stupid things like living in Cleveland makes this not as an attractive job or, you know, obviously Jimmy Haslam is not necessarily an attractive owner to work with, but uh, you know, look, he's got to get out of the way and trust John Dorsey. You bring in a guy like John Dorsey and these guys that they brought in for this front office, you got to get out of the way and let them do their thing. And let's, let's go now. Let Dorsey go get his coach and let's see what he, what can happen here in Cleveland. And, uh, you know, like I, there's been times throughout the last 20 years where I've really believed that Cleveland had kind of turned the corner with some of their young talent, draft picks, cap space, you know, even some of their coaching hires in the past, I thought were pretty innovative. I think this team is finally ready to turn the corner and be really good. And, and the biggest reason why is Baker Mayfield. Yeah, this, this team is ready to win. This team has enough pieces. Uh, they need a bona fide stud wide receiver. They need to make sure their offensive line young pieces develop and they have the depth behind them with veterans that are able to step in. Uh, Baker Mayfield needs to, you know, just use this here to acclimate himself and quote unquote fail forward, right? And it's something you and I have talked a little bit mm-hmm. about on this show before failing forward and, and using this as active learning experience. There's skin in the game, but this isn't a make or break year for a Baker Mayfield, you know? Uh, defensively, they have a ton of talent. They, I think they're what, plus 11 turnover differential? Yeah. There's something crazy plus, plus minus turnover differential. And uh, they, they're like the only the other teams in the top five or something like that have like a seven fifty winning percentage and the Browns are two five and one. What did you think of what did you think of the odds, the initial odds that came out? Make no sense to me, right? The leading the mo- the guy what? With, uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. It's it's McVay. Sean McVay. McVay and his <laughs> Wonderful girlfriend are not leaving Los Angeles. Okay. It's just not going to happen. So let's not talk about it. But I, I do have two candidates that I would like to see considered. I have a top okay. two, a very clear cut to top two. I know who one of them is. Okay. I'm going to, so little tease. It's, I covered this in my six pack Thursday today. So go check that out on the draft network. There you um, go. Okay. I've not I, read that yet. Of course you haven't because it's Wednesday, Kyle. When we're right. recording this. We're but. recording on Wednesday. I'm just, I'm just being transparent for the people yes. listening. Okay. Oh. So, I'm curious. Who do you think at least one of them is? John D. Filippo. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's the one that really pops. But who's the? Do you know who my other guy is? I'm not sure not this is going to be overly coach. popular. It's not. No. It's not a college coach. No. Is no. it Dave Tube? No. You can uh, per, being predictive, right? With the history there with Dorsey, yeah. that makes sense. But yeah. He's not the guy that I'm clamoring for. Okay, go ahead. That's, those I want are my the D. Filippo. Right. That's the guy I want. But the other guy. Maybe this is this might not be popular, but give me Jim Schwartz leading this team. No, I'm out. No, no see, look, no. I don't, I don't know why you say that. Him and Baker, you want to talk about a couple dudes that just got chips on their shoulders? I can get behind it. And when when Jim Schwartz went up to Baker in Hard Knocks on, in that preseason game, and he he went up to him and says, "Man, he says I never played quarterback, but if I did, I, I'd want to be like you, like that." I like I felt that. I really did feel that in that moment. So. I like Jim Schwartz a lot. Wonderful chemistry if you lock those two guys in a room together, but I don't want any part of Jim Schwartz attempting to head coach another football team. All right. I'd rather see Dan Campbell. See, now you've been behind that for a while. You really got behind him. Big Dan Campbell. For the Dolphins, yeah. Yeah, yeah, big Dan Campbell. He got a a raw deal when he he got the boot here as the interim. I, I admired the job that he did. 
Real quick, Kyle, let's talk about yes. some of the vacancies that we didn't bring up. One of them being uh, Dallas Cowboys. J- Jason oh, Garrett, no. he's, oh, he's no. safe. Is he safe, Kyle? Yeah. He's not getting Probably. fired. He's gonna... I mean, unless the Cowboys melt down, yeah. the Cowboys would have to be terrible, like m- maybe win one more game the rest of the way for, for Garrett to keep not keep his job. Yeah, I think I think Garrett will be the coach next year. The other one, Gase, Dolphins. They're four and four. I mean, are we are we overreacting to the Dolphins? What's going on, Kyle? No, it's it's a dumpster fire, man. He's got this whole Chip Kelly power trip thing where he just ships guys off <laughs> if he butts heads with him. Right. He did it with Ajayi. Uh, he did it with Jarvis Landry, and I'm okay with Jarvis Landry because like the economics of it didn't make sense. He did it with a Dominican Sue. He did it with Jordan Phillips this year, and they don't have a true nose tackle. Like Vincent Taylor, I really, really have been really surprised by his development. But Vincent Taylor, for me, is a guy that I would want playing forward a little bit more instead of playing a true nose. And other- like the cu- the cut that they made, like they're already soft in run defense, and then you take one of your better interior run defenders and you cut him because you've had enough of him with no replacements at all on the roster. And for that, that's why I've really got, I've got a problem with what he's done from a personnel perspective and just like having this zero tolerance, either my way or the highway type thing, but they can't evaluate quarterback. It became apparent when Armando Salguero came out and, said in an article today that the two quarterbacks that the Miami Dolphins had a first-round grade on was Baker Mayfield, okay, great, he went first overall, and Josh Allen. And they were thinking about trading up for Josh Allen. Shame. And with Josh Rosen out there, with Sam Darnold out there, and you look at those guys all in a vacuum and you would rather say, I'd rather have Allen over Darnold or Rosen, that to me is terrifying because this team has been committed to a mediocre Ryan Tannehill for years. And now Ryan Tannehill is about to be 30. He's about to get paid like $24 million and he's hurt for the third consecutive season. Those are the problems with the Dolphins. So I don't think he gets fired though. Or not. Okay. He is. Uh, yes, right. he is because Steve Ross loves him. The owner loves Adam Gase. So I don't think he gets the boot. Uh, any other that you thought about that, could be open. I mean, mm, not really. It's hard. It's, I mean, I, I, we could only have four or five this year. I mean, there's been so much turnover in recent years. Like <laughs> there has to be a year chance. where there's not like, yeah, there's gotta be a year where there's not eight openings. Do we have know? enough qualified people to be NFL head coaches? You know, like we do, but they <laughs> don't hit that pool. You know, we sure. just recycle. Yeah. We just recycle everybody. Yeah. Right. But, uh, you should recycle the time spent listening to this podcast again tomorrow and listen for the super show that we have lined up. We have a really fun show concept lined up for John and Trevor. They don't know what they're getting into. We're not going to spoil it. All we're going to tell you is we're going to do some trivia style stuff. There's going to be a winner on the show. There's going to be a competition on the show. So if you like uh, bad blood between draft analysts, this is the show for you. That's all I'm going to say. So hit subscribe, come back, check it out. Joe's uh, Six Pack Thursday dropped today at the Draft Network. Make sure you swing over and check that out as well. I'm Kyle Krabs at Grinding the Tape on Twitter, signing off with Joe Marino, who is at the Joe Marino on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening to the Draft News Podcast. We'll catch up with you guys tomorrow. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.